Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Double L Show. I'm your host, Louisa Lee. Wondering what the two L's stand for? In this terribly uncertain time, things are absolutely gross and overwhelming. To combat this, I've challenged myself to laugh and learn something new each day. And this show gives me an opportunity to share that with all of you. Disclaimer, please understand that this show is not intending to be yet another form of toxic positivity, but rather just something to enjoy in spite of everything else going on in the world. Every episode, I'll have a guest here to teach me about something new, and hopefully you guys too. And in return, I'll be attempting, keyword, attempting, to make them laugh. So, the double L stand for laughing and learning. And also me, Louisa Lee. So, here with me today, I have Gracie Piercy, who has graciously agreed to teach me about the life of a frontline worker. Before we get started, remember the goal here is for me to learn new things and for Gracie to laugh. So, we do have a tally chart going where we'll be keeping track of how often both of those things happen. Usually, I learn more than my guest laughs, but that's okay. I try, I try harder every week. Um, winner gets nothing but bragging rights, but I'm so competitive that if it was any more than that, I might get a little aggressive. All right, so let me introduce you to a woman that needs no introduction, but I'll give her one anyways because I am so nice. Gracie Piercy. Woohoo! Gracie is a senior here at the University of Oklahoma, majoring in community health with plans to get a master's degree in public health focused on health promotion sciences. She currently works as a peer health educator, works in COVID testing and vaccine distribution, and volunteers in a hospital on the front lines of the COVID-19 pandemic. Gracie is extremely passionate about mental health resource accessibility and working towards a more equitable healthcare system for all. In her free time, she likes to walk her dog, sip mimosas, and make TikToks with her best friend, Chris. I've known Gracie for a few years now, and I can honestly say she is one of my favorite people to run into because she's so kind, so wonderful, and so sincere, and it is an absolute honor to have her on my show and learn about her experience. So, thank you so much for being here, Gracie, and for sharing your perspective with me. Well, thanks for having me. You've already made me laugh once. Oh, so good. Okay, I'm doing better today. Success. That's good to know. Um, okay, so usually we start by um, me doing some, I will say, things that I think are right, and you will be correcting me okay. if I'm wrong. Game on. Okay. All right, so number one. Wearing your mask helps stop the spread of COVID-19. Correct. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Correct. Yes. Good. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Um, okay. Number two, even if you're fully vaccinated, you should continue wearing your mask. Yes. That yes. is correct. You should um, wait until you, everybody or many people have gotten their vaccine before we can lift the masking and social distancing policies. And I've got a lot of cute masks, so I have no problem to keep wearing them. Right? I think they're a good accessory. And I kind of like masks because, Gracie, I don't know if you relate to this, but I am not very good at hiding my facial reactions when I'm in social situations. So the mask has kind of been good for me. Um, I feel like it's gotten me out of a lot of social situations, so. I totally relate. Where I make a face, so that's been nice. Yes. So I, and also, I, it, it's kind of warming up, but it's kind of nice with the cold weather, too. Definitely, keeps your nose warm. A little cold weather, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, uh, 
So I'm, I'm two for two right now. Two for two. Excellent. Okay. Uh, number three, there are currently three different COVID vaccines that have been approved for distribution. Correct. Yes. So yes. Pfizer, Moderna, and then the Johnson & Johnson one. Yes. Correct. Awesome. Um, okay. And then my last one. Okay. Frontline workers do not wear capes, but they are heroes. Yes, yes, I would have to agree with that. <laughs> do you wear a cape to work? <laughs> I don't wear a cape to work, you but should. I kind of consider my mask my cape. That, oh, that's sweet. That's sweet. Masks are capes. Okay, awesome. So I, I did good. You did awesome. I am, I'm not spreading misinformation. Yes, you did awesome. Wonderful. That is always my goal. Okay. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into it. So, Gracie, could you start by just telling us kind of your job description and like your responsibilities? Yeah, so I'm a peer health educator. That means um, basically I educate people on health and health resources and things that make them healthy, like reducing their stress, sleeping, um, where to find health care, um, where to find health insurance, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but lately, since COVID, I have done a lot of COVID testing. I've helped a lot with COVID testing, so I've seen a lot of noses these days. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Uh, a lot of noses. Yes. Um, and since the vaccines have been out, I've helped in vaccine distribution. Awesome. So, you know, the little famous CDC vaccination cards. Oh. Oh, yes. Some of those have my handwriting on them. Oh, that's Sometimes cool. I feel like my handwriting is famous. A little like an autograph. Right? Yeah. So maybe, maybe one day when you're famous, people will be able to say like Gracie Piercy did my my <laughs> distribution card. I don't and think I'm will be like a collector's item. I don't think I'm ever gonna be famous, but um Are you kidding me? Fingers crossed, maybe one day. Well, you know who's famous is Dr. Fauci and Maybe, maybe with that, maybe with that master's, maybe you're on a fast track. Maybe, maybe so, maybe so. Um, And then I, you know, volunteer a little bit of time at the hospital Mm -hmm. just because um, I'm young and I am vaccinated. And um, so I try to take some pressure off of our older frontline workers and um, spend some time at the hospital. And how often... Do you do the volunteering? Once a month. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Very good. Very good. So what is a typical day in your job um, as working and then also volunteering? What's like a typical day look like for you? Yeah. So it really depends on the day. Of course. Of um, course. But if I am putting on my peer health educator hat, okay. I'm usually going to classrooms and, you know, giving them a presentation about maybe Goddard or um, maybe the resources available on campus, Mm -hmm. um, just to let them know, you know, they have resources available to them. And sometimes freshmen, we mostly present to freshmen on this, don't always know the resources available until they have to know them, right? Um, And then it's like, oh, you know, I broke my foot. What's next? (laughs) And you're like, okay. And then um, with COVID testing, you know, I walk in, I gown up full PPE, so a gown and um, like a hair protector thing, an N95 mask, um, a face shield, double gloves, um, and one me and one other person 
um, does some COVID testing, which includes, like I said, swabbing noses, a very glamorous job. Um, (laughs) And then vaccine distribution is, um, you know, I'm writing on cards or I'm talking to people about some um, things that they maybe are nervous about or, you know, just calming nerves, making sure people have their cards, making sure people know where they can report symptoms, mm-hmm. um, making sure that they wait their 15 minutes after their vaccine, um, helping the nurses who are giving the vaccines, you know, just around. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the hospital, you know, sometimes I do COVID testing. Sometimes, again, I just am there. Mm-hmm. I feel like surrounding COVID nerves play a huge part in sure. COVID. Mm-hmm. And when somebody is getting a COVID test or getting a COVID vaccine, sometimes their nerves are outweighing how they actually feel. Mm-hmm. And they need somebody just to say, it's okay. Let's mm-hmm. take a breath. Um, how are you feeling? How can I help? What questions can I answer for you? Right. And so sometimes just having somebody there to do that in general is a very important role. Do you remember getting your first uh, COVID test? I do. Um, And I was freaked, right? Even I, who knew what to expect, Uh was freaked. I was like... Do any tests before you got tested? I had not done any tests. I had watched tests happen, um, but I was panicked, right? My hands were sweating. I was thinking, oh, my gosh, they're going to touch my brain. My brain is never going to be the same, right? Um, Turns out that's not what happened at all. (laughs) But if I was nervous, who had seen it every day for the entire summer, um, then, you know, anyone who drives up or walks up Mm -hmm. is going to be nervous. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, it's a lot of the, I mean, the ordeal is that, People walk in, they're nervous, they are, you know, short of breath because they're so scared. Mm -hmm. And then it happens and they're like, oh. (laughs) I will tell you what got me on my first COVID test was I knew they were going to stick it up. I knew I was going to feel like they were touching my brain. And I actually went a pretty long time without having to get COVID tested because, you know, I, I was very safe all summer and I didn't need... I didn't have to send in one for sure. anything yeah. until August. And also, that's when COVID tests weren't as widely available. Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, didn't want to yeah. take one if I didn't need one. But anyway, my first one, uh, I knew they were going to stick it up. I knew it was going to touch my brain. I didn't know that it was going to sit there for a yes. second. Like, I thought kind of like the, you know, when you get tested for, like, the flu, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. I feel like the flu test, I don't know, they don't hold it up there as long they just kind of stick it up and down but with the COVID test I they they held it up there and luckily they found more non-invasive options and they have found that these non-invasive options people you know panic oh my gosh it's not going all the way up to my brain there's no possible way it could be as accurate Mm. and with a lot of science and a lot of you know research they found that actually it is (laughs) equally as effective so Um, Let us, you know, not touch your brain. Let us just touch your nostril or touch your cheek um, and all is well in the world. We believe in science on this. Yes. Yes. And I'm, you know, you're like, if you just believe in science, if you trust the science, um, they're not going to they're not going to stray you wrong. And if they do, 
they're gonna correct they're gonna be humble about it and correct themselves right um okay so how did you wind up in these jobs were you there before um the COVID-19 pandemic you know I started in July um and it was like one of those things where I was sitting at home Uh in March Uh last year this time last year Mm -hmm. um and I loved being home in Colorado with my parents. And it was like some of that time that you feel like you could never get back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because otherwise I would not, not have ever gone home in the middle of March for a month, right? right. Or two months or three months. Definitely. Um, and so we, every night, we're sitting in our bed playing cards, right? Oh, and we had played about 5,000 games of rummy. And I'm sitting there with my parents and every night we listen to the news about how they just need help everywhere just needs help Mm -hmm. and I knew that I had the skills to help Mm -hmm. and I'd like to make it really clear that being a frontline worker is healthcare and that is awesome and I'm a healthcare worker and obviously I know the work I do and I see the work that other people do Mm -hmm. but a frontline worker is also grocery stores and teachers and Mm -hmm mailmen and janitors right all of these people that are so important Mm -hmm. and all of these people that we needed so bad were not available because they were getting sick and it was breaking my heart it was just it was crushing me um and so finally in july i said to my parents you know what i applied for this job and i think i'm gonna go home and of course it scared them um but my parents knew that i had skills that were needed. And so I went and um, I started curbside COVID testing in the heat of the summer. Um, <laughs> and it was sweaty. Again, and such a gear. Too, yeah, I'm such sure. a glamorous job. Um, you know, it's hot and sweaty. And but you're surrounded by all of these inspiring nurses and mm-hmm. lab techs and public health professionals who mm-hmm. have given their entire life um, to being sure that everybody who needs a COVID test on the university's campus gets one, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it's hard, but it's inspiring because as a student, you're always looking for someone to learn from. Right. And I felt like I was learning how to be a better human just in general every single day that I stepped foot to work. That's really that's really incredible that you just saw an opportunity. And you've been passionate about You've been wanting to go into healthcare before this. For sure. I mean, not what better way to get experience, but like... Well, I hope that there's not another pandemic in our lifetime, right? right? I hope that, and this is, these are things, and I, I tell this to people all the time who are like, aren't you tired? And I'm like, well, yes, but these are, right, right. (laughs) But these are experiences I'll never, ever, ever get back. And one day I'll tell my family about this Mm -hmm. and how as a college student, um, the impact that was made that I just got to be a tiny, tiny, tiny part of Mm -hmm. um, was so cool, right? And so I feel like being a frontline worker, it's your occupation, but it's also a calling, a calling in your soul, right? That, Mm -hmm. you know, what my human brain should have been telling me during the pandemic was, this is scary. Mm -hmm. Stay inside. Mm -hmm. Don't go, like, don't, you are safe, right? right? You are safe in Colorado with your parents, these humans who you've trusted for 22 years of your life will keep you safe. Um, But my instincts were telling me, get somewhere where you can help, get there. 
And I feel like um, that's how everybody who works in healthcare has kind of felt through this pandemic is, um, you know, if you can help do it. I think that probably every person that you've interacted with has benefited from, from that. Too. Well, thank Be you. A COVID test or, a, or whatever. Thank so. you. Um, what made you passionate about going into medicine and healthcare? And also like, I know you mentioned you just felt like you had a calling. Like when did you first start feeling that? So I had grown up wanting to be a teacher. Okay. Um, uh-huh. And I, you know, got, whenever I get into something, I like really get into it, yep. right? So I, like. I am the same way. So I had like an overhead projector in my house <laughs> and I would ask my teachers like, can no. I, can I have that? Um, and they'd be like, yeah, sure. We're not going to use it, right? No, you could not. Yeah. Like, uh, like one of the old. Yeah. Projectors. One of the old ones with your like Visa, <laughs> Visa pen. Ride. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I was, like, really nerdy in that way. Um, that is so fun. But my parents... siblings? Yes. Did you make them, like, play school? Yeah, and they're 10 years older than me, so I'm sure <laughs> it was like, oh, gosh, Gracie has her projector <laughs> out again. And I, you know, played with my stuffed animals, played with my dolls, yeah. right? Um, and then in high school, I was like, you know, teaching would be fun, but my... Um, you know, I would watch my teachers and uh-huh. all of these students would be so rude to them. And I was yeah. like, and it would make me mad. And I was yeah. like, I don't know if I can actually do that my whole life. Okay. So then you're like, you know, it's your junior year of high school. And you're, I'm thinking, what the heck am I going to do with my yeah. life? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm applying to colleges. I'm taking the ACD. I have no idea what I want to do. So I start thinking about the healthcare, And of course, I have to go straight to being a brain surgeon it can't be a doctor it has to be brain, brain surgeon mcdreamy up in here um but then ironically a year later i find out i need brain surgery okay um and so now my life has taken a dramatic turn and so i've spent now i'm at stanford health in california um i am getting brain surgery and everybody who took care of me, the nurses, the doctors, my brain surgeon, the child life specialist, because mm-hmm. I was technically a child at the time, mm-hmm. um, showed me intense amounts of kindness. Mm-hmm. I was probably the old, oldest one in that hospital, and they made it seem like I wasn't, right? Because they didn't want me to think I was surrounded by babies, right? So, sure. um, and it's the public health people who make stuff like that happen, right? They they think about you before you get there. Um, and just recently, I've realized that that's kind of my calling, right? Is to think about people before they even think about it, right? Um, because somebody down the line said, you know, we are going to have 17 and 18 year olds here, right. which means we're not going to put them in a room next to an infant who's screaming all night. Right. So let's have these three rooms blocked off with a Wii in the rooms. And so that experience was um, really what kind of pushed me, lit a fire under me mm-hmm. um, because I was lucky, right? My, I, we had good health insurance. Um, I had a top-notch surgeon, mm-hmm. but not everybody gets that. Sure. Um, and some people will get the exact same surgery as me and be in debt for their whole entire life. Um, and so that's kind of what that thought going through my head is kind of what, you know, kickstarted this whole medical field 
changing medicine journey, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Awesome. I guess just going off of that, how has your perspective been changed or enhanced since uh, of you know medicine and healthcare since the COVID nineteen pandemic? Right. So there's pros and cons of everything. Sure. Um, like I was saying, um, I have loved the special time that I've gotten to spend with the people that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that in medicine is a, a plus because for the people who are spending extra time with the people that are they love, they're healthier because of it. Mm-hmm. And they're making better choices because yeah, of it. Um, because they don't want to get their family sick, right? Ooh. That's a a very good point. Thank you. Yeah. Um, And so because of that, they are making better choices and their health is getting better. Mm -hmm. Um, On the other side, you come in contact with some very selfish people. um, And you, I see, healthcare workers see the strain Mm -hmm. on their fellow healthcare workers. Mm -hmm. And it's it's sad it's sad that people are so selfish um for what right Right. you ask the question for what um and then you you see um how things are so um inequitable um you see it with vaccines you see it with testing you see it with death rates and Mm -hmm. it makes you want it makes me want to change something right it makes me want to scream get on top of my chair and scream hello are you like do you see this now what more do we need and um but then you see people my sister lives in new york city Mm -hmm. um 7 7 p.m every night i mean the entire city of new york clapping from wherever they are right Mm -hmm. and that's like something if covid never existed that's something that would never happen that unity would have never happened. Right. There are so many good things. There's so many bad things. Mm-hmm. But it has made me want to be better, yeah. a better health professional. Yeah, I, yeah, I think um, I think you bring up some really, really good points. Um, both the like selflessness that you see from a lot of people, and then also the selfishness. I think, and I think a lot of that stems from just this like American, like no one's gonna tell me what to do. And you know, I've I've never been like someone that has the come and take it flag or anything like that. That's like so afraid that my personal rights and freedoms are gonna be taken away from me. Um, but I think I think this all has caused me to ask like at what at what cost like is my personal freedom more important than someone else's life right and those are the questions that we need to be asking not just with covid but with life right like Mm -hmm. life brings us really important questions Mm -hmm. um when it comes to us and our neighbors and our peers right Mm -hmm. and um if we're not asking those questions then um how selfish of us right right and so when somebody poses that question to you Mm -hmm. If you don't take the time to think about it, mm-hmm. really think about it and really think about by not wearing my mask or by going to a party or whatever, what harm am I doing what? to the world? Um, okay. So obviously, you know, there's been several phases of the pandemic. You know, there was the phase when there was no vaccine, there was no cure, 
you know, but how has it, how has everything changed in your perspective or your job or whatever? How has that changed since the rollout of the vaccines? I mean, I think for the first time since COVID started, I've seen hope Um, and I've seen people be more hopeful Mm -hmm. than they ever have been before. And I'll tell you, when that needle went in my arm, Mm -hmm. I mean, the waterworks, (laughs) the waterworks. Um, And then my really good friends and also my next door neighbors who are my Norman family, Mm -hmm. when the when it their second shot, I got the privilege to be in the room with them and I'm holding her hand thinking this is what this is what hope is I get to stand next to someone who is so important to me and hold their hand while literal hope gets injected into them right right? and um I mean it was so special Mm -hmm. and then my parents get it and you know, now we're looking for my sisters and all of these people who are just so important to you start to get this vaccine. And all of a sudden, it's like the tunnel opens at the end is light. And you're like, whoa, all so fast. Right. And um, I mean, I think that is how it's changed is that people come in front of you. And with COVID testing, it's like they come, there's scared they're like I don't want to do this right Mm -hmm. and they are wondering if they have COVID they're wondering if they have a cold they're wondering if they have allergies there's fear there's annoyance there's maybe a little bit of rude in there (laughs) maybe um there's no hope but then you go to the other side of Goddard Mm -hmm. and it's like oh Mm -hmm. this is hope I know you said you the waterworks, but could you describe like what that experience was like for you? Yeah, so I got my vaccine early. I got it um, December twenty third. Mm-hmm. Um, I got Pfizer. It had just come out. It had just gotten approved, mm-hmm. and um, you know I was nervous. Mm-hmm. I have an allergy, so an anaphylactic allergy Um, and so I was nervous Um, but I had also been emotional all morning because Mm -hmm. I was so excited Mm -hmm. Um, and you know it it was the health department there was somebody from the National Guard there um, and you know they hand you this card and they're like okay okay Hannah go on back and Mm -hmm. I'm like okay um, and the nurse is, you know, asking you questions, blah, blah, blah. My parents are texting me. We're so happy for you. <laughs> um, and then it's like the most anticlimactic thing. They're like, one, two, three. <laughs> and you're like, that's it, right? That's it. There's no like, fireworks. You did it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You just Thank get you. it. And then you go wait 15 minutes and they're like, you good girl? And you're like, yeah, I'm good. And they're like, okay, bye. <laughs> And that's right. And that's the end of it. Um, And then the second shot, it's like the same thing. And you're again, waterworks. Um, I was so happy to be getting the second shot. I go in this time. I know the nurse. I'm like so excited. Tears are like coming. My mat, the top of my mask is getting like black from mascara. Oh, that's sweet. And she's like, one, two, three. And I'm like, hello. Where are the, where's the confetti? But then, you know, I walk the streets. (laughs) Sounds dramatic. But I walk the streets with my mask on, staying away from people, knowing that I was part of science. I was part of um, the solution. Mm -hmm. 
which is a my dadism. That's what he says. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm just happy to be part of the solution. Oh, I get that. And I, I okay. I'm like, yes, yeah. preach it, Mark. Thanks. And obviously, the vaccine isn't available to everyone yet. Absolutely. And Definitely. that's okay, mm-hmm. right? And I appreciate the people who are patiently waiting their turn. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm proud of the people who are patiently waiting their turn. Mm-hmm. But while people are patiently waiting their turn, they should be keeping their mask on, um, social distancing, mm-hmm. being just a good human in yeah. general. Um, okay. What has been, like, the hardest part of being a frontline worker? The hardest part is people who are part of the problem, right? Um, seeing the selfishness to me, and that is every, I think everybody would say something different to this question. Um, but to me, it's just really frustrating when um, I see so many people working so hard to find an answer and to find a solution and to flatten the curve and um, yada, 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 right? All of the things that are being done and get vaccines in people's arms. And then you drive by um, our good old campus corner and there's a line out the door. Mm-hmm. And that is very, very frustrating to me. Yes. And sometimes it makes it me not want to get out of bed, right? But I do get out of bed for all of the people who have spent the past year seeing the same friend over and over again. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of like, get me out of here, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, so then you get out of bed and you hope for a brighter tomorrow. What? Okay. And then like on the opposite side of that, like what has been like the most rewarding part? Seeing the hope. Mm-hmm. in people's eyes and people's demeanor. Mm-hmm. Um, I have tried really hard to help people get vaccines. Uh, have. Yeah. You helped me get my vaccine. I did. Um, which I'm very thankful for. And the way people react to you mm-hmm. when you send them a link with available appointments or make them an appointment or, um, you know, whatever. However, they get the vaccine. Mm-hmm. It's like pure joy mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um some people cry some people are like thank you thank you thank you thank you mm-hmm. right um and that is literally all i need to go on for the rest of my life is the joy <laughs> that people have when you tell them um hey i know that you've been super safe and you just want to get out of your house and um you have an appointment for a vaccine wednesday at five mm-hmm. that is it fuels me forever. Uh, okay. Is there anything that you wish everyone knew about being a frontline worker? Um, no. I think what I really wish people knew was that frontline workers are all around us. Um, mm. There are grocery store people. They are our um, janitors. They are our teachers. They are... Um, you know, the person who works at Baja Fresh, right, right across the hallway from us. And um, they all deserve kindness. They all deserve a smile. Um, They all deserve, you know, just a nudge of greatness, right? Because they put themselves out in the world for everybody to criticize them. And they're literally risking their lives. Literally. 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 Um, And you have no idea what their medical history is. Mm -hmm. You have no idea what their um, ethnicity is, which plays a big part in COVID, right? Mm -hmm. Um, 
You and have health, and uh, healthcare access. Yes, well. you have no idea their health insurance situation. Mm-hmm. You have no idea their blood type, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not your job to know all of that, but it is on you, on us, um, to be kind. And it does not take that much work. Um. Okay. Do you have any people that have inspired you or that you look up to either in your field or just like since the pandemic has started? I mean, if you had like seven hours, um, right? Uh, But to name a few, I mean, anybody I work with Mm. has um, laid down their life, their personal life to just be a good available human um, and have given me you know, experience that I might not otherwise have. So everybody I work with, I mean, if I could just hug them for seven hours and give them a million dollars, I would. But it really is the people who you, one of my professors, she really went through it in the pandemic. um, And she inspires me just because she still gets out of bed in the morning, right? Some of the things she's gone through, I don't know if I would be as positive and as happy as her. Um, And she does it and she teaches students and she inspires students and she writes me a letter of recommendation whenever I ask for it. I mean, just the best. And I mean, my parents, Um, my dad is retired and he um, stays at home and, um, in a, in a world where he would much rather be like traveling to see his three daughters or something, he stays at home for the to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. And my mom is an office manager at a psychiatry practice and works her butt off um, every day and puts herself at risk um, every day. And it's like, you know, you're surrounded by inspiring people who... Um, and I mean, my neighbors, my friends and neighbors, they have been parents to small children, six and two in this pandemic. They've kept themselves safe. They've kept their parents safe. They've kept their kids safe. Um, they have fiercely protected their kids. Um, and it's inspiring to see them be dang good parents in a time where you get a pass to not be a great parent all the time, they are always great. And then last ones, my sisters, <laughs> New York City and Boston. Okay. Um, so in the epicenters, right, of yeah, this of pandemic, they have been safe. They have been supportive. Um, they work hard. Um, you know, you look at all these people, and these are people who I love dearly, but you look at all these people and they inspire you for different reasons. And I think, like, everybody can find a little bit of inspiration um, through in everybody in this pandemic. Well, Gracie, thank you for thank you for coming on my show. Thank you for sharing your experience. We have some questions. Greer asks. Oh, yes. Hi, Greer. Uh, <laughs> I know. I love Greer. Um, how can we continue to make frontline workers feel appreciated? That's a great question. Um, I love that question. And I think my answer is how I, what I've already said, be kind. Um, A little bit of kindness goes a long way. A smiley face on a receipt, um, a $5 gift card to Starbucks, a, hey, thank you so much for making bread at Sprouts every day for us, (laughs) right? 
like it but i'm serious like thank you so much for sticking this q-tip up my nose um because otherwise you wouldn't get a COVID test, right? Oh. So thank you, right? That, those words, your words go so far. Um, and so I would, but also to make healthcare workers feel appreciated, wear your mask, stay away from people, do not go to parties, period. Yep. They will feel appreciated if you follow the rules. I promise you. Um, okay. And then Rosa asks, I know you kind of touched on it earlier. What kind of uh, PPE are you required to wear? So if you could walk us through that. Yeah, so um, you start by pulling your hair up, if it's not already okay. up, um, and you put on a gown, um, and the gown is thick, mm-hmm. and it wraps around your whole body. It ties in the back, yes. Um, yes. About on your neck and around your waist, and it goes down to, like, your mid-calf. Um, and then you wear long pants and closed-toed shoes, right? Um, and so then you wear like a hairnet type thing. Okay. It's called a bouffant. A bouffant. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it goes over your head, over your ears. Okay. And then you wear an N95 mask that goes over your head. So it's two straps over your head. Okay. And it's molded to your face. And a fun fact is you get fit tested for these. And they put this little hat on you that looks like a beekeeper, literally. <laughs> and then they... <laughs> And then they spray bitters into it, which tastes disgusting. Um, And if you can smell it or taste it, it doesn't fit. And I have a weird shaped face, apparently, because three trials. And unfortunately, I kept tasting it instead of smelling it. <laughs> but it um yeah it molds on your face um and it's really tight on your face okay. and then um you double glove so you wear so let's say you wear I wear a size small glove mm-hmm. so I put size small on my hands first and then size medium over it and then the mask do you is it do you wear a new one every day or is it so it depends right um at the beginning of the pandemic we were literally wearing you would wear your mask until you really couldn't anymore um, or at least at the hospital. That's how it was. Um, and then, you know, now there's more PPE available, especially these types like a, a really high grade N95. Right. Um, people are realizing that that's not exactly what they need for walking on the street. Right. So um, and, you know, it's hot. That's the thing is it's hot. <laughs> that's my biggest complaint. Like, <laughs> like there's so much on my body right now. Um but it's oh, and you wear a face shield, so face shield, um, which goes over your head, around your head. But you feel really safe too. Like you're like, go ahead, cough on me. I dare, <laughs> I dare you. you. I dare you. Go ahead. <laughs> That's funny. Um, okay, and then last question: Do you have a favorite mask? Ooh, I do have a favorite mask. Um, it used to be the old navy masks um, yes. that like had the little adjustable ears. Mm-hmm. Lately, it's been the KN95s mm-hmm. because you can wear sunglasses without them fogging your glasses up. I did not know that. Yeah, and I'm a big yeah. sunglasses girl. Big sunglasses girl. Yeah, okay. so um, you know, if I'm in the sun, I don't want my eyes to be unprotected. But yeah, I mean, the old navy ones are good. But I've been a uh, kn95 girl these days Mm -hmm. for my sunglass needs that's 
That's good to know. Yeah. Also, I think it depends on the occasion. Definitely. Right? So um, I used to have these, like, bejeweled masks. Yeah, for, like, you know, if I ever needed a fancy. I never needed to dress up for anything, but... (laughs) I have them An interview, in case maybe. I do. Right. And um, I have a mask with my dog's face on it. Oh, that's cute. You know, just in case I ever need to rep the just dog, okay. you know. Just in case you need to prove that you own the dog. Exactly. Like, in case anybody was wondering if I was a dog person. Right. Now you and know. You, need proof. you don't even have to say words to me. <laughs> Period. Dog person. Yeah. Cool. Done. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Okay. Well that is all we have let's check our let's check our tallies let's okay see how we did today well this was so fun thank you of for course. having me oh, crazy. thank you for being here i believe i learned i i have 12 tallies but i'm sure i learned way more than that. i laughed so. nine times but i know i laughed more than that crazy, i'm good with you winning okay i i got my dub last week so yes you're always making me laugh, though. I'll humbly accept, um, accept defeat with that. Um, so, yeah, Gracie, thank you for being on my show. Thank you for sharing your perspective. And also, thank you for um, talking about a lot about hope in a time when it's just so easy to not be, help, be hopeful and not see the end and not... And forget, you know, why we're doing all of these things, why we're wearing masks, why we're getting vaccinated. Thank you for um, sharing your perspective. Well, of course, it was my pleasure. And thank you for having me. I think um, you are, you know, the epitome of sunshine. So oh, crazy. I would literally say the same thing. It is you. so good to talk I to you. I people in the union are getting blinded from us I, together. You better put your sunnies on, oh, everybody. Sure <laughs> with, your, with your N95 mask. Do you need to borrow mine? Yeah. There you go. That is all we have, um, everyone, for the Double L Show today. Um, You can catch us next week, um, Thursdays from 1 to 3 p.m. You can listen live via the TuneIn app on the Studio U station. Or uh, you can find these episodes after the fact on Spotify. Um, But yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And we will catch you next week. We're going to do some more laughing. We're going to do some more learning. um, And all in all, we're just going to have a good time. Thanks for watching the double, or thanks for listening to the Double L Show. And we'll catch you next week.